Welcome to another episode of Top Year, the only podcast brave enough to give you a definitive and unbiased ranking of the last 150 years of history. This week on the podcast, Wilson opens up about his mysterious past. They Wilson led America into the war I did. in 1917. <laughs> How could you? Not exactly. <laughs> knows what on earth this is about. Stop crabbing about Gaylord. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and we reveal what's on the catering menu for the first Top Year live event. Creamed eggs with white sauce. <laughs> so sit back, relax, throw away your history books, and enjoy episode 23 of Top Year. Welcome back to another episode of Top Year. Woohoo! Yippee! <laughs> I love the energy today. Woohoo! Um, yep. Today we've got episode 23, and I will be taking you boys on a deep, a deep dive into 1916. Oh, yeah. The first of the 1910s, I believe, that we've done. Wowee. What are you Googling, Wilson, at this when we're three seconds in? <laughs> I'm trying to find my word. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> True. Um, before we get there, Kyle, do you want to give us a brief overview of, of what we discussed last week? Yes. So last week was the amazing 1862. And that had some fun things like the uh, aerosol dispenser. <laughs> uh, the, well, the American Civil War. Mention yeah. of wind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the expansion of Queensland. Abe Lincoln was the president and the first modern bowling ball. Wow. So that... Settled nicely at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom of the sea. Yeah, dropped a little low. Not quite a D. And I don't think anyone would ever <laughs> object to that. And I'm so happy about that. Mm. But in the basement, nonetheless. In yeah. the basement? In the dungeon. Dungeon. <laughs> the basement. The low room. We are in a basement right now. True. Um, but yes, this week it is my turn to convince you that 1916 <laughs> is a wonderfully significant year in history. And for you to rank it highly on the U tier, and um, perhaps we'll see. We'll see how we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's some some big things happening in this year, as I'm sure everyone is thinking, and we will yeah. get into those. Um, yeah. Before we do, how are we feeling today? Enthralled. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I just googled. What does that mean, Wilson? <sighs> to be. Um, let me just get that up. Had it up. <laughs> uh, to capture the fascinated attention of. That's a really weird definition. <laughs> I'm even more confused. Attentive. Okay. Attentive. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? I'm feeling... Um, okay, now that I am going to... Uh, I hope it said placid, but placid. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pleasantly calm. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> okay, nice. I'm feeling a little uh, little sombre, perhaps. Oh. <laughs> I see. Um. I did. It's a good start. I, well, you know, I did a lot of research into this year, and there's some there's some good, there's some some real bad as well. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into all of that. Okay. Um, but we've got some exciting news. We have another voice memo to play. We do. Who's it from? We're about to find out. I think. <laughs> Here we go. G'day, gentlemen and top Euros. Uh, it's me again, the year tier Grinch. Um. <laughs> 
coming off the back of 1862, which was a baffling episode, really. Um, I don't know if Thank it you. was the <laughs> something in the Chalky Milk or Kyle's fantastic presentation, but placing 1862 above both 2011 and 1954 is ambitious, to say the least. But we um, looking back at the highlights, <laughs> look, I've taken some notes, guys. 1862, a couple of blokes chased a train for a couple of weeks. Um, they decided that Monopoly money was to become a thing with a $5,000 note. And Cloud Debussy being one of the heroes of the year. Um, not to mention, and look, I'm a big fan of air travel, especially through the medium of balloon, but when uh, society's like, oh, we might die if we go above the clouds, we don't know what's up there. Look, mate, if Copernicus in 1543 can come up with a heliocentric model of the galaxy... Figuring out that the sun doesn't revolve around the earth, but vice versa. Surely in 1862, 300 years later, they can figure out that you're not going to die if you go above a cloud. <laughs> now, let's look back, 2011. Uh, to be fair, Max said they'd come back to it. You guys had come back to it in the year tier. Wilson said it was impactful um, and that a country moved. They put the jets on. <laughs> Samoa moving across the dateline. But not to be... Well, no, definitely to be overshadowed by the assassination of Osama bin Laden. Like, in the fight against terrorism, in the modern era of war, that is definitely one of the most impactful events um, in recent history. Absolutely. And should therefore definitely be placed above 1862. Debussy's got nothing on that. It is. 1954, (laughs) currently in last place. Look, to be fair, not a great year, bit of a bum year, but the solar-powered battery, huge step forward in innovation in our fight for environmentalism. Um, looking at the current use of fuels, fossil fuels and all that, solar power being a huge move forward in protecting the environment. Attenborough would be proud. Um, the rubber band ball, which was um, readjusted, did make for some fun, but shame. Uh, the meteorite hitting old mate in the leg, creating one of the funniest photos in history. But yeah. the main event being the Brown versus Board of Education, um, looking at racial segregation in schools, becoming unconstitutional, a huge move forward in human rights. Um, now, I don't know how you can say that Monopoly money beats the Brown versus Board of Education Act, but, uh, yeah, like I said, that chalky milk's getting to you, boys. Um, I think we need a year to review soon. But, as always, nothing but love and adoration for you, boys. Love what you do. Keep it up. Much love. Very kind. Wow. The- Much love my ass. <laughs> <laughs> this guy... Oh my goodness! Year to Grinch. Um, I don't <laughs> know. Maybe we didn't make it clear at the end of the last episode, but at the moment, at the bottom of the year tier, 2011 is currently above yeah. 1862. Hmm. Hello, producer here. Um, <laughs> I have a confession to make. I think when Alex messaged me asking about the year tier, I might have told him oh. that 1862 was above 2011. <laughs> but nonetheless, you got it wrong. Unlike. <laughs> 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 oh, the, I can I hear mean, the bus coming the now. Bus, yeah. yeah. If he's meant to be our number one fan, oh, well, I, I don't know then. But he, like, why? Did, literally before we recorded my 1862 amazing episode, he was like, "Oh, get some balloon facts in there," and I did, and it sounds like he hated them. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, the people are calling for a year tier review. <sighs> They're chomping at the bit. Um, well, maybe we can have him on and just he can. We yell can get at him on the next year tier review. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. 
Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe another people. Maybe 1954 will finally get the justice it might deserve. No, it doesn't deserve justice. We'll get you on the podcast and we'll actually show you what the real year tier yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. Well, thank you very much for the message. Um, we, we look forward to having you on the pod. I think that's going to be an exciting day. It's going to be some robust discussion, I think. That's lovely, yeah. Good word. Yeah. Which is what we need. Robust. Actually, I should have saved that for another episode. <laughs> oh. But I think it's time. I think it's time to dive into 1916. Are we ready? Absolutely. Yep. I've been practicing my diving skills and I'm oh, so really? ready. What's Ooh. the technique? That was flawless, actually. <laughs> Great dive. I was like Christopherson in Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. Good reference to start the pod. <laughs> right. Here we go. So, in 1916, the president, with a great name, I reckon, Woodrow Wilson. Ah, yeah. That is a great name. You would say that. Would <laughs> <you>? <laughs> I like Woodrow as a first name. Woodrow. Yeah. Woody. Yeah. Woody yeah. Wilson. W- Woodrow from Toy Story. <laughs> Woody. <laughs> It's a loose, a loose game. Um, but they were in from 1913 to 1921. They were the 28th president. It's a rough patch right there. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty grim. Really tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, they were nominated in the 1912 Democratic Convention, so, like, suggested they go for president, and they campaigned on this program called The New Freedom, which stressed individualism and states' rights. So that sounds pretty cool. Um, and they brought in lots of new legislation, some of them being prohibiting child labour. Big tick for Woodrow. Good on him. Um, limiting railroad workers to an eight-hour day. Okay. Solid. I yeah, mean, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think they had a couple terms. And after a policy of sort of being neutral at the start of World War One, surprise, we're talking a lot about World War One this episode. Um, <coughs> They Wilson led America into the war. I did in 1917. <laughs> How could you? Not again. <laughs> Damn. So how was that, Wilson? Yeah. It's rambunctious. Why did you make that call? Woody. It's your new name. Or there was a snake in my boot. Well, that happened because, in Woodrow's own words, to make the world safe for democracy. Wow. And interestingly, he was the leading architect of the League of Nations. Cool. Good on you. And he won a very special prize for that in a few years' time. So maybe we'll get there. Um, <laughs> the League of Legends <laughs> award. Nice. <laughs> but over on this side, in uh, Australia, the Prime Minister was William Morris Hughes or Billy Hughes. I've never heard of that bloke. I know. <laughs> but there were some quite interesting things. He was the seventh Prime Minister. And he was really big on conscription. Oh. Which a lot of people did not like. (laughs) (laughs) Did not like like at all. (laughs) (laughs) And so he had this big campaign campaign for conscription. And in September of 1916, the New South Wales executive of the Political Labour League, essentially like the Labour Party in New South Wales, expelled him. (laughs) (laughs) You're expelled. You're expelled. You're out. So essentially they, they're trying to kick him out and I don't really know how it works. Like he got expelled, but then later, because he's technically still the prime minister, he holds a national plebiscite for conscription <laughs> to try and like allow conscripted troops to serve overseas in World War One. This guy loves conscription he loves so it. bad. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> Later on, he does another one. Like he's really keen. 
Because the first one gets defeated oh really narrowly, like quite he close. Hates people not wanting to go to war. I know. Um, what the? What? Not wanting to go to war? Yeah. He's just sending them all overseas. He wants them, he's sending them. He's forcing them to go. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> That's what conscription is. No. Yeah, essentially, he's in charge of the Labour Party until the 14th of November, and they have a meeting. <laughs> Get him out of there. Yeah, and there's a no-confidence motion passed against him, which doesn't sound very good. So, essentially, Damn. him and 23 others walk out of the party, just have to leave, <laughs> and he says, let those who think like me follow me. So he's trying to like get people to, to come with him as he leaves. Um, and he becomes the first Labour leader who never leads a party to an election. Because, yeah, he gets expelled and he forms the National Labour Party, which then combines with Liberal Party to form the Nationalist Party. And he gets recommissioned as Prime Minister. So he leaves the Labour Party. What? Kind of has to resign as Prime Minister, but then gets recommissioned as Prime Minister under a new party. It's all very confusing. Um, and he was in until 1923. Consider me confused. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. I, yeah, I'd never heard of him as a prime minister, but seems like a bit of a dog, though. So yeah, I don't know Definitely if he was the dog. I don't know if he was the greatest guy. Um, world population sitting somewhere around one point seven five to one point seven nine million. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> billion. So you know, quite a lot of people. Yeah. Um. Currency exchange. This is one that I, I'm getting ex- more and more excited about. Like the further we go back, mm. and I couldn't find a stat for like one dollar to a dollar, so I had to go a pound. But one pound in 1916 is now worth 114 dollars and four cents. <laughs> Shishwa, far out. Damn, that's all I'm saying. Damn. Give me a pound from 1916, please. Mm. You'd be balling. <laughs> <laughs> Give this guy a pound. Give him a pound. <laughs> Somebody pound this. <laughs> Cut that. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry, my I shillings. went too far. All right, time for some slang. <laughs> <laughs> we had some good ones. We had a sluffer. <laughs> a sluffer. Mm. And that, that sounds is like <laughs> dirty. It's well, like it's, a word I shouldn't be saying. It's someone who doesn't take life too seriously. I'm a sluffer. <laughs> it's a quick change of heart. Yeah. We had a spiffy. <laughs> okay. Which, as we know, is a synonym for fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, looking, you're looking fine? You're looking spiffy? Yeah. Oh, true. So, yeah, you know, that's yeah, kind of yeah, still yeah. around. Yeah. We had crabbing. <laughs> Just people walking around like... No, it, it means complaining, apparently. I was close. Stop your crabbing. Basically the same. Stop that crabbing, Wilson. <laughs> Woodrow Wilson. <gasps> and we had a prune. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who is peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. Bring it back, I say. Uh, Actually, probably not. Nah. I don't mind spiffy, but the other ones are a bit. Prune. Yeah. <laughs> Crabbing's all right. <laughs> Stop your crabbing. <laughs> You're a prune. Oh, oh. that's a diss. That is a diss. <laughs> Don't bring it back. Yeah. Don't bring that back. Damn. Right. Uh, baby names. I feel like every time we do this section, they're always the same. Just John Michael. Uh, well, yeah. 
For the ladies, we had Mary, Helen, Dorothy, Margaret, and Ruth. They really are always the same. <laughs> and for the dudes, John, William, James, Robert, and Joseph. Yep. Which I'm pretty sure four of the five of those are the exact same as like yeah. the last few we've done. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some famous births. There's some good ones this year. Okay. Well, we had Roald Dahl. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Ruth Handler. Barbie. Yeah, who we, who we talked about last, I think my last episode, the bar- inventor of Barbie, and the co-founder of Mattel. Uh, we had Kirk Douglas. Oh, yeah. An actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I'm getting a few years. Um, Ferruccio Lamborghini. Oh, wow. Pretty cool. Uh, Shirley Jackson, author. Um, Gough Whitlam. Damn. Okay. What a year. <laughs> that guy. This is an all-star year. And this could be the most unfortunate first name in existence. <laughs> Gaylord Nelson. <laughs> Don't bring that back. No, I, feel, I, really, I do feel bad for laughing, but it's a really unfortunate name now. But um, they were a US senator and the governor of Wisconsin, and they founded Earth Day. Wow. Which is wow. like, yeah, the annual event for environmental protection. He took that disability to, and, and, and ran with it. What a legend. Having that yeah. name. Gaylord. So anyway, have you seen meet meet the fuckers? He must have been a bit of a prune. He must have a been bit a peculiar. They stopped crabbing about Gaylord. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was spiffy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for some some famous deaths. And I will say, you know, obviously we're in the middle of World War One, and so <coughs> there's a lot of there'll be a couple. Yeah, there's a lot of tragic loss of life going on. I mean. Apparently throughout World War One, there was around 40 million military and civilian casualties. So we're thinking about that. That's, you know, obviously mm-hmm. heavy stuff. But um, for some deaths of people that we might know, we had uh, Henry James and Jack London. They're both novelists, authors. Uh, Alice Ball, who was an important chemist who developed an oil extract, which served as the most effective known treatment of leprosy until wow. the 1940s. Um and we also had the big Ra Ra Rasputin. Oh wow! <laughs> died this year, dude. He had like the craziest death of all time. He did. I try. I tried to get some like info on his death. Um, was he like shot and poisoned? Essentially, yeah. And then he got the way he died was from being frozen. Well, they wanted to like assassinate him. Yeah. And so they, he's like at midnight. He's kind of coming to this palace, and they're trying to you know make it all secretive, and they feed him tea and cakes which had been laced with cyanide and so he starts chowing down and he's fine like (laughs) (laughs) he's unaffected um and then apparently he asked for some wine which had also been poisoned (laughs) so they're like great we got him (laughs) and he drinks three glasses of wine and he's still fine (laughs) so they're like oh my goodness um so they go, you know, we need we need to be a little bit more direct here. So they get a gun and they um, they shoot him in the chest. <laughs> That's very direct. <laughs> very. <laughs> and apparently they then um, took his coat and hat and drove to his apartment to make it look like he'd gone home. For anyone, it, it, like just to cover their tracks a little bit. <laughs> and so they come back to where he's supposedly dead, having been shot in the chest. <laughs> and then apparently he gets up <laughs> and starts attacking them. <laughs> and then there's, there's like a chase going on and they shot, they shoot him again. Um, Are you sure this guy isn't just Dwayne the Rock Johnson? <laughs> he could be. He, he's the first Dwayne. Just invincible. 
yeah, they, they shoot him again and then they, they essentially wrap up his body and throw it into a river. So I guess that's where the frozen yeah. part comes in. That's so That'll do it. There you go. Do you want to hear a really weird fact about Rasputin? Sure. His penis is on display. <laughs> you were say that. <laughs> it's just weird. It's, it's in display. <laughs> that is weird. But if he died in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Oh. What else happened in that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Food what? for thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> one more slightly strange death, and then we'll move on. Um, we had the death of Mary the elephant. Oh, oh no! Yeah, which is really sad. It's and, tragic. And apparently, the elephant killed a trainer in the in the circus that was going on, and then they decided to essentially hang what? the elephant <laughs> from a rail car mounted industrial crane. What? How awful is that? That wow. is absurd. Yeah, it's five ton elephant, and they're hanging it from a crane. Oh my god! So that's awful. Sorry to bring the vibe down a little bit, but I was like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that is pretty ridiculous. It's a little bit excessive, I think. But just yeah. a little bit. Um, now, in terms of some notable people, I mean, I didn't didn't really find heaps because there was all sorts of military people doing X, Y, and Z and all that sort of stuff. But um, we had John D. Rockefeller. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the first Rockefeller. Um, <laughs> and also the first person to ever reach a nominal personal fortune of one billion US dollars. That should be a I know. <laughs> yeah. It's a little crazy. But I mean, like, the dollar would be worth, like, that'd be like a like hundred billion now. Oh. Or equivalent of. It'd be heaps. Yeah. But, yeah, apparently they're widely considered the wealthiest American of all time and the richest person wow. in modern history. Well, there you go. So, yeah, wow. So they were pretty pretty notable. Mm. Now for some, uh, for some media, for some movies. I didn't know any of these. <laughs> well, like, I knew, I knew some of the, like, the names, but I've never really heard, like, we had intolerance. Yeah. What? A, <laughs> we had a daughter of the gods, which is apparently the first film with a budget greater than one million dollars. Wow. Apparently, we had Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. That uh, the Three Godfathers. It's the, one wasn't the, enough. Yeah. yeah. The prequel to the <laughs> to the Godfather. Uh, we had Sherlock Holmes, Snow White, and The Fall of a Nation, which is apparently the first feature length film sequel. To the birth of a nation, yes, which is like the most racist movie of all time. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. <laughs> and Birth of a Nation was directed by I can't remember the dude's name, but he then also went on to direct Intolerance. Oh, wow! There you go. Thank you, producer Jumpy, for that. That's yeah. interesting. Um, but apparently, the fall of a nation, the film is now lost, although the oh. score is still around. How weird! Don't really know how that happens, yeah. but. I thought that was interesting. Some other l- quick little movie facts. Um, in November of 1916, Samuel Goldfish and Edgar, <laughs> <laughs> and Edgar Selwyn established Goldwyn Pictures. Oh, wow. Mm. Goldfish? Yeah. What's, what's That's the like the logo being called, for Goldwyn? being called like well, Wilson Woodpecker or something. It kind of is, yeah. And we'd all know Golden Pictures oh, from The, the lion. lion. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the Roaring Lion, Leo yeah. the Lion. MGM. Um, yeah. And this guy, Samuel Goldfish, like... Goldwyn is a combination of Goldfish and Selwyn. Really right, creative. Yeah. Just mash the two last names together. <laughs> and um, he ch- legally changed his last name to Goldwyn in 1918. Just for for business. I would too. Goldfish. Goldfish yeah. to Goldwyn. That's yeah, kind of a cool last name, Goldfish. 
Um, and just quickly as well, in June of this year, Mary Pickford signs a two-year million-dollar contract, um, and it's the first million-dollar contract in Hollywood history. And wow. uh, she became the highest-paid star and one of the highest-paid people in the world. Righty, yeah. Good on you. Pretty cool. All right, time for some, some songs, some music. There were some interesting ones this year. We had uh, John McCormick had a huge year. Big year for John. Um, with Somewhere a Voice is Calling and the Sunshine of Your Smile. How beautiful. How sweet. Pretty nice. Um, show favourite Billy Murray's back <laughs> with a couple of tunes. <laughs> Pretty Baby and uh, I Love a Piano. God, you're saying. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> and we had Al Jolson with I Sent My Wife to the Thousand Isles. What? Yeah. The start of the I Hate My Wife humour. <laughs> Grim And it gets a little bit meta There was a song called When John McCormack Sings a song By John McCormack? No By some <laughs> other folks Some other folks About, about John Murray. McCormack Who had some of the biggest songs it's Of the year diss track <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The first diss track And then we also had The classic <laughs> I'm probably going to laugh Getting through this name But Oh How she could Yacky hacky Wicky wacky woo <laughs> Wicky wacky hacky wacky woo. I don't even know if I got that right. <laughs> Close enough, I think. We should learn that one. She can. Mm. Whoever she. If you want, if you can. want to learn it and sing it next week, I would be. Nah. I'd be keen on that. I'm good, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I don't. I don't blame you there. Um, but to get a little classical, the very famous Gustav Holst completes the composition of the Planets Orchestral Suite this year as well. Oh yeah, sick. That's pretty cool. Isn't the the Mars one what Star Wars is based on? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the um Imperial March. Yeah, I was about to sing it, but I don't want to mess it up. So <laughs> you all know the Imperial March. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for some books, we had a portrait of the artist as a young man by James Joyce, the road not taken and other poems by Robert Frost, relativity, the special and the general theory by Albert Einstein. Oh damn. Uh, the Real Mother Goose by Blanche Fisher Wright and The Mysterious Stranger by Mark Twain. The Real Mother Goose? Who's the Ex- fake Mother Goose? Yeah. Exposed the fake Mother Goose. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm sure some of those are good reads, but yeah. um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Not for me. No, I might pass up. Now, the Nobel Prizes this year. Uh, in physics, no prize. Chemistry, no prize. Physiology and medicine, no prize. Uh, and peace, there was no prize. So they skipped all of those this year and all the money just kind of gets allocated to a special fund for each of those. Yeah, because of the war. Yeah. But interestingly, there was a prize for literature. Oh. Went to Carl Gustav Werner von Heidenstam. Whoa, you crushed that name. Yeah, they, I was pretty happy <laughs> with that actually. Yeah. Um, in recognition of his significance as the leading representative of a new era in our literature. Wow. Goat. So I don't know why they don't hand out any of the others, but give it to him. Mm. But um, just cause. Just cause. Yeah. <laughs> because. <laughs> that Hang on. Track. <laughs> uh, I had a bit of a quote from Michael Collins. And this quote, sorry, this quote came out of the, uh, the Easter Rising, which I will get to later on. <laughs> but Michael Collins said, where courage and judgment are equally required... A clever coward is better than a stupid hero. Damn. Okay. So a bit to think about there. Yeah. A little bit to think about. We'll be coming back to the Easter Rising uh, soon. 
Now for some inventions. <gasps> and I only had two. The first one's extremely quick. In April this year, the toggle light switch is invented. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> so thank you, William J. Newton and Morris Goldberg. Oh, name. Yeah. yeah. Imagine the feeling of inventing that and going, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is wow. This is game changing. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and in July, William Boeing... Boeing 747? ...incorporates <laughs> specific aero products, which is later renamed Boeing. Oh, right. That's pretty cool. So it went through all sorts of different name changes and then it sort of settles on Boeing. Um, and that's one of the biggest, you know, mm. air transport companies. Yeah. Apparently its net worth as of October this year, is $117.95 billion. Wait, so do they, like, are they the manufacturers? So they make all the planes and sell them to, like, I think so. the other thing? Yeah. Because yeah. I know, like, it, th- I know there's planes called the Boeing XYZ, but... Mm. Yeah. yeah, so I think they make all of those and ship them off. Mm. It's pretty cool. So, yeah. Or do they fly them off? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you've done there. <laughs> do I have a really weird photo I saw that kind of relates to that. How loosely does it relate? Yeah. It, no, it was Appendage a photo of a plane <laughs> with a with a spaceship on top of it because they were transporting a spaceship across America. It's like a piggyback. Well, and they just <laughs> <Literally>. like, hockey <laughs> strapped it to the top of a plane. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how they attached it, but it's such a weird photo. <laughs> Why didn't they just fly it over there? Pretty cool. It's really, it's really <laughs> expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But Fair enough. Enough. <laughs> Wait, this is space shuttle. Yeah. Um, like Imagine one just like seeing a space shuttle in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just going across. You're not meant to be there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yup. Okay, we're, get, we're, we're going along a similar kind of aim. We're getting a little sciencey. And another quick one. This year, the British Royal Army Medical Corps carries out the first successful non-direct blood transfusion. Non-direct? Which oh, I believe means mean? it, it's not going from a, like a person straight to a person. The blood oh, is... Oh, it's in like a little bag or yeah, something. Yeah, it's and stored and cooled. Oh. And then later on gets put into someone else. There you go. Dope. That's a pretty cool advancement, I think. Mm. Uh, in August of this year, we had one of the biggest uh, agreements between two, two nations. The Migratory Bird Treaty. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. You haven't heard of this treaty? I'm, I'm surprised Contact because uh, <laughs> oof, yeah. it's a, a big, big one. Impact. Oh. It's between Canada and the US. <laughs> well, it's technically between the US and Great Britain who are acting on behalf of Canada because they were a part of the British Empire. Um, but the two countries agree to stop all hunting of insectivorous birds and to establish specific hunting seasons for game birds. <laughs> What's an insectivorous bird? Yeah. Bird that eats bugs, oh, yeah. I believe. I could have figured that one out, actually. I could have as yeah. well. But, um, <laughs> Yeah. The stated goal is to preserve those species considered beneficial or harmless to humans. Mm. There you so, go. Oof. Magpies, get out of there. Get, get, rid, of get rid of those. They are, they are game birds. They're the most <laughs> harmful bird to humans. They are up there, I reckon. Mm-hmm. They're also just annoying. Yeah. yeah. Have you been swooped? No, but I've, I've like seen other people get swooped. Yeah, me too. <laughs> really? It's, it's quite funny. <laughs> but it's, it would hurt. Yeah. Oh. They, they would get you. One just yeah. comes towards me. <laughs> you throw on hands. Yeah, you have to like time hands. that perfectly because you couldn't get it on the front because it would just like stab your hand. Oh. If I get them like underneath, I know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I need to practice more. <laughs> get that speed back. Yeah, you <laughs> <can> train it. 
It's like a combo. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. <laughs> okay, Very I thought this talented. this was kind of interesting. <laughs> Some Mortal Kombat finisher plays. Yeah, you just made a magpie. <laughs> okay, I just I thought this was strange. I came across this and went, "This is not significant in any way." But well, it kind of is. But I just really wanted to mention it. Um, the biggest oil well gusher ever. I'm ge- I'm getting a few blank stares. Is that like a big? Yeah, huh. and so the Cerro Azul Number Four oil sp- spot. I don't really know what to call it. I probably should have looked into that. It launches 600 feet in the air. What? What? Is that like boiling hot as well? I don't know. Um, or is that like hot springs? That they're really hot water. I actually I'm, have no idea. I imagine the hot springs are quite hot. but um, I would imagine mm. that too. <laughs> but yeah, it apparently it launched drilling tools up to 120 feet from the well. Hopefully no people are around it. <laughs> yeah, and like stalagmites and stalactites are like getting shot out of this thing because it's like... I would love to see launching that. Launching them out. It's like a video of that happening. That's so high. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's pretty bonkers. And so apparently to like capture all of this oil because there's just so much oil coming out, they dig all these trenches in like... Circles radi- radiating away from the well just to like capture all the oil. And the flow of oil apparently just kept coming and like in- increasing, getting crazy. Gosh. And apparently the amount of oil flowing through the trenches sort of just at the time that the well was sort of covered over was measured to be an incredible 260,858 barrels per day. What? Per day. Far out. Chuck that on eBay. <laughs> Make a couple dollars. It's insane. <laughs> and so, like, after less than six years of this thing, this well has yielded fifty-seven million barrels of oil. What? And it's still going today, apparently. It's a lot. Apparently, they're probably still, not in the same. Using not it. in the same. Uh, so that's not like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be like a a tourist attraction. It's yeah, what is giant thing? <laughs> <laughs> So that's a lot of oil. Where was that? Uh, Tampico in Mexico. Okay. Mm. My next holiday spot. <laughs> Make sure you take a couple barrels with you. Yes, I will. Maybe 260,000. <laughs> or in your own barrel day. <laughs> <laughs> Just hold it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For some sports. Okay. Time to get a little sporty. Uh, there was a lot of sport happening this year. Sorry to uh, to spoil. The nineteen sixteen Summer Olympics was planned to be in Berlin, Germany. Oh, ay ay ay! They uh, they they cancelled that one. They did not go ahead. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> um, other events that got cancelled were the British Golf Open, Wimbledon, um, the Aussie Open tennis, and the Tour de France. All gone, cancelled for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of getting along at the moment. Um, but interestingly, the US PGA was held for the first time. Don't know why they chose this year to do it, but wait, was there another golf tournament that didn't happen? The go- British, British Golf Open yeah. didn't happen. Well, the, the, probably the reason it was the US is because the US weren't involved. When did they? When True, did they get yeah. involved in the war? Wasn't it like nineteen seventeen? Yeah, yeah. So that's probably why they played golf, and then the next they were day they're doing like, their own thing. All right, guess we better go. <laughs> Suit up, boys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that gets held for the first time, and the winner, Jim Barnes, Jimmy Barnes. Um, <laughs> what Australian? <laughs> <laughs> Won five hundred bucks, 
and a diamond-studded gold medal. There you go. That's the start of golf being the most absurd <laughs> sport of all time. Why, why would you give him 500 bucks as well? <laughs> yeah, it seems so nominal when you've got a diamond-studded gold medal. Go, Jimmy. I wonder if that thing like, is in enough. circulation somewhere. Like, I wonder who has that now. Maybe. Should I find out? Yeah, maybe maybe you see. Human. I'll have a look. But interestingly... Golf rewards are ridiculous. Well, this year, 2023 winner of the USPGA, Brooks Kolpec, apologies on the last name, won $3.15 million. Yeah, r- and they also <laughs> get like Rolexes and stuff because it's all sponsored by Rolex. And it's, it's a good just, sport to be r- in. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any joy, Kyle? Not really. That's fair. But I found other medals that don't look as spectacular. PGA. Okay. But Jim Barnes won four, four majors. Mm. Nice. And he actually won the British one as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Good on you, Jim Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wow. And, um, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that is okay. <laughs> this, uh, this next one, in October, we had a, a tense game of college football between Georgia Tech and Cumberland College. Oof, tense. Important. Sounds pretty tense. It was yeah. it was a real nail biter. <laughs> Final score? Six. Two. Like a hundred and something <laughs> to like ten. Two hundred and twenty two to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. What? Who won? Uh, Definitely how how long have like the games? The Georgia Tech engineers. They won 222 nil against the Cumberland College Bulldogs, which I think is the wor- like the the most lopsided score in the history of college football. How long are the games? I don't know. Pretty like and oh, like, I think they're fifteen minute quarters. So I think is that it, it. I think it was like an hour essentially. But they have to stop. They yeah, they, dude, those games go on for so long. They are long. They're just stopping all the time. <laughs> and if you are, you know, the Bulldogs, it's going really long because you're losing 222 to nil. Yeah. Now, interestingly, rough. the previous year, the Cumberland team who lost, they had disbanded their football program. So they didn't have one, but they were still obligated to play this game. <laughs> so they just got wrecked. <laughs> yeah. And so apparently the coach of the Georgia Tech team, the engineers, the team that won, they were like, they had lost previously and they really wanted revenge and they were like insisting that this game would go on and they were threatening legal action if it didn't happen. So they were like, we need to play what? the game. And so Cumberland College essentially asks the captain of the baseball team to assemble a football team. They're like, you, you put together the team. We just need a football team because we need to play the game. Um, Going to get sued otherwise. And they got hammered. 222 really? nil, And apparently Gosh. in the final two quarters, yeah, they're usually 15 minutes. They had to shorten them to 12 because it was just like mm. ridiculous. How do you get Good. 220 points? I don't know, man. In it's an, crazy. In an hour. It's a bit, ex- it, shortly after like 100, you're like, this is cool. Okay, like, yeah, that's cool. So anyway, not a great day on the field for, uh, no, yeah, for them. The dogs. The dogs went down. Now, we're getting a little hungry. Oh, Wilson looks excited. I just excited. looked. I don't know how they did this. So it's six points for a touchdown. Yep. Three points for a field goal and two points for a safety. I don't know what that means. Mm. 
But to get 220 in an hour is ridiculous. It's like coming up on like 40 touchdowns. Yeah. They just wouldn't have stopped running. No. Gosh. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, that's history for you. That is history. Okay. Yes. We're getting a little hungry. Time for some food. Uh, Canadian James L. Kraft with a K applies oh. for the first U.S. patent for mac and cheese. Well, not quite. The process of sterilizing cheese and an improved product produced by such process, essentially a method of making processed cheese. This guy loves cheese. And I'm assuming that's the same craft as like... Is it K-craft? Yeah. <clears throat> Sick. Sliced cheese in, yeah. a, in, a, in a sweaty plastic packet. Ugh, it's my favorite. <laughs> Now, I also found a website that was talking about 1916-style school lunches. So I thought I'd have to share that. We had the basket lunch. Ooh. <laughs> Which, to be fair, sounds pretty reasonable. A plain sandwich with jam, egg salad, or dates and nuts. Now, I don't know if that means the egg salad is in the sandwich, <laughs> the dates and nuts are in the sandwich, but... Is that what you get to pick from? Options, maybe. <laughs> But it came with a, a side of a piece of fruit, custard or jelly, and uh, maybe a cookie, a biscuit, or a lump of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> what? So a lump of sugar. <laughs> that sounds okay. That sounds yeah. that sounds fine. It's like a sugar cube or just like a handful <laughs> of sugar. It's a lump, bro. Just loose sugar. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it lost in your basket. It's dust. <laughs> Falls in your basket. In the basket. Um, uh. See, that all sounds a little bit better than the warm lunch option. Oh. Oh. Starting with cocoa. Pretty reasonable. Yeah. Don't mind a cocoa. Like hot chocolate? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Moving on to cream of wheat with dates. Cream of wheat. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a porridge. What do those words mean together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit. How you going? It's like, yeah, it does not look Cream weird. of wheat. And then the, the pièce de résistance. Creamed eggs with white sauce. <laughs> so, uh... Not a not what a good year to be in school. I mean, <laughs> that's give me revolting. A, give me the basket lunch anyway. <laughs> yeah, basket lunch sounds way better. Um, but I also find found some um, some food that like the British soldiers were eating on the front lines. Oh. Apparently, they had uh, Tickler's plum and apple jam, which is apparently known as posy, <laughs> <laughs> which was possibly from a South African word for preserved food. So they were yeah. having a bit of posy. Um, <laughs> biscuits. Oh, some bickies. As we all know, a hard-baked bread. So they were yep. chowing down on some of that. Like a shortbread. Yeah. And some posy. And some, with a bit of posy on top, maybe. Um, Gosh. Bully beef. Oh, that just be like canned. Yeah, essentially it's like... Chat meat. The mean can Meat in cans. <laughs> brings it to you. Bully beef. <laughs> <laughs> He's like throws it at you. He punches you in the head. <laughs> And uh, Gippo, oh. <laughs> apparently stew or thick gravy. Oh, it's not too bad. It would it would have probably sucked, but yeah, I couldn't imagine any of that food being edible in the slightest. Not even the posse. Not even the posse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I can't. But I mean, you take what you can get. I reckon. On the yeah, absolutely. Line. But like, no wonder they all had dysentery. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of front lines, it's time we address the elephant in the room. This is in the middle of World War I, yeah. 1916. Now, I didn't want to go too deep into it, but I found a couple sort of important 
moments of the year that I thought needed to be addressed. First of all, the Gallipoli campaign officially ends in 1916. Oh, yeah. So it was started in 25th of April 1915 and it goes to just the very start of 1916. Um, and as we all know, it's like the land-based element that was trying to get Allied ships passing through the Dardanelles um, and knocking Turkey out of the war. So they're trying to do so. A lot of Australian and New Zealand troops went over there, the Anzacs, obviously. Um, and so they land there and it immediately becomes evident that, you know, they're not really getting anywhere. And so they really got to dig in. And apparently conditions just got worse and worse and worse and it was just awful. Um, and so in December of that, of December of 1915 and January 1916, they went, we need to get out of here, we need to evacuate. Um, but obviously becomes one of the most defining moments of the history of um, Australian and New Zealand military involvement, um, which is cool. That part's cool. Is um, the, the whole thing where they stopped for Christmas to like, either it was like either to clean up bodies or like play a sport. Is played that, soccer, didn't they? Yeah, I can't yeah. remember what it is. Does, is that true? I think so. I can't like, remember what year that was. Yeah. I've heard like a bunch of things where like, they did a bunch of different stuff, so I have no idea what they actually did. Yeah, mm. just pretty interesting there. Yeah, we can look into what year that was, and we can yeah. talk about that. Yeah, um, but yeah, another one: the Battle of Jutland, which was from the thirty-first of May to the first of June, uh, and it was the largest naval battle of the First World War. Wow! And so, essentially, the German fleet is trying to weaken the Royal Navy by ambushing. British Grand Fleet. It's like we just got to we got to sneak up on them, get them, knock them all out, give us the advantage. Uh, and so they're trying to lure the German Navy is trying to lure out these like battle cruiser ships, like big dreadnought style like ships. Um, but the British were warned by their code breakers that this was about to happen, and so they put their boats out into sea early because they knew it was coming. Um, which is good, so that they didn't get ambushed. But essentially, it led to this giant battle um but i think britain won and it sort of confirmed that they had naval dominance and they had a lot of control of the shipping lanes going on um which was really useful putting in blockades that really contributed to you know the defeat of, of germany in world war one um but the british lost 14 ships six thousand men sort of thing going down germans lost 11 2500 men down as well so mm. pretty heavy stuff yep I'm just going to power on, get through some of these. Sure. Um, Because they're not overly fun. The Battle of Verdun, 21st of February to the 18th of December. Yeah. Big, big, big. Longest battle of the First World War, essentially. And one of the... It's like one of the most famous battles in in history. Yeah, one of the most famous and probably one of the worst of like the World War I. Um, And so the Germans are attacking this French town of Verdun. um, And it starts with this 10-hour opening bombardment. They're just firing on this town. Um... But the French retook a lot of the ground um, through careful management of troops and, and positions and all of that. Uh, and they ended up winning. But, you know, they've been fighting the f- for the whole year and the Germans lose 430,000 troops. The French lose around 550,000. Wow. Which is insane. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. And one more. Uh, the Battle of the Somme, which was from the 1st of July to the 18th of November uh, and it was joint operation between the British and the French and they're trying to achieve you know, a really decisive victory over the Germans on the Western Front um, and 
yeah, this this one kind of goes down as one of the most infamous and worst battles as well. Um, yeah, it, it was really urgent because of what was going on in Verdun. Um, it meant the British really had to take the charge here because the French were a little busy over there. Um, and so it's 141 days. The British only advance a max of seven miles, so they don't go very far. Um, but more than a million people from both sides were killed. So it's just crazy. Um, yeah, not good. So that's kind of a really quick yeah. overview of some of what was going on this year. Really sad stuff. Important stuff, but... I find all the stuff you know. World War One, like any World War, so interesting, but it's so tragic. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like those numbers, you kind of go, wow, that's a lot. But like when you really think about that, far out. Yeah. That's devastating. Um, and to keep a little bit of the somber tone going <laughs> into some of the final facts, as I previously mentioned, we had the Easter Rising. This was going on in Ireland from oh, yeah. Yeah, the 24th of April to the 30th of April, also known as the Easter Rebellion. So it's essentially an armed insurrection during the week of Easter in April 1916, hence the name. Um, and it was launched by Irish uh, Republicans, the Irish Republican Brotherhood essentially, uh, fighting against British rule in Ireland and they want to establish an Irish Republic. While Britain's busy with First World War, they're like, right, this is the time. This is our time to sort of to break off. And so Patrick Pierce is leading this bunch of volunteers um, and the Irish citizen armies there as well and they're taking over strategically placed buildings in Dublin, um, which was going fine, but it lasted only about a week and they had to surrender to the British army because, yeah, it was getting a little... There was lots of pressure sort of getting put on them, which is a shame. And, um, yeah, it, it ended up with, you know, a lot of people dying as well. Civilians included in that, and sixteen of the leaders of this uprising were executed as well. So it was sort of a oh boy, a decisive stomp on top of that. But it contributed to an increase in support of Irish independence. Um, so it sort of was pushing the country in the right way. Mm. But it's a step forward. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, gee, I feel like the I've just been talking about really sad stuff <laughs> for a long time. This is uh, this is a little dire. It's a bit of a 2011. I think I find it really interesting though. Like it's yeah, mm. crazy. Mm. Yeah. Okay, now for something a little bit different, <laughs> and not overly notable, but um, just something I thought was kind of cool that I thought I'd wanted to share. Uh, we had the voyage of the James Card. Ooh. <laughs> 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 uh, so this was from <coughs> April, so the end of April to about middle of May, and um. Ernest Shackleton. So Ernest Shackleton, him and a bunch of dudes, they're on this boat, the Endurance. Talked about Ernest Shackleton before? I think we might have. Um, I'm not sure. Rings a bell. But essentially they, they're they going around at the end of 1915 and there's ice that's surrounding this boat and it's just like essentially traps the boat and they have to get off and the boat sinks. So now they're all stuck adrift on these like icy flows essentially. Um. Yeah, and they're, they're drifting around in April 1916. The one that they're on starts breaking apart, and they're like, okay, this isn't good. Um, we should probably get out of here. And so they get in these essentially little lifeboats, and they go to this place, Elephant Island. They're all hanging out there. They're like, damn, now we're kind of stuck here on Elephant Island. So Shackleton goes, you know what? We need to go and get some help. And so him and this really small crew decide to get in this 
open boat, this tiny little sort of lifeboat, and they sail to South Georgia, which is about 1,500 kilometers away. So pretty far. Ambitious. Yeah. And it wasn't the closest place apparently, but where they were, there's these crazy winds and they're called the Furious 50s, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. And so they're like, we just need to get somewhere. Um, and they, they sail for 17 days across this just ocean in a boat that's, where did I have it? About 6.9 meters long. What? Open top. They get there. And eventually the whole crew, even the people who were stuck on Elephant Island, they all survive, so no one dies. And apparently it's regarded as, you know, the greatest small boat journey ever completed. Wow. Apparently there was a movie made really? called South in 1919 about Ernest Shackleton. There you go. Yeah. So I don't know if that was interesting. I thought that was kind of interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Something a little different. Mm. <laughs> small boats. Small boat journey. Get yourself a small boat. Yeah. I'm I can't imagine how hard that would have been. But Yeah. Did they row? I guess so. Okay. It's like there would have been motors. They just leant their feet over That's the true. side and kicked. <laughs> there would have been motors. They took the Samoa approach yeah. and just... Uh, <laughs> pushed. <laughs> like like, like the Incredibles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, our good friend Woodrow Wilson was up to some... Some other good things this year. I'm getting devious. Dude, you were you were dishing out some stuff. Like you signed a bill incorporating the Boy Scouts of America. What? What <laughs> the <laughs> <hell> <laughs> <mean>? <laughs> the head of the Boy Scouts. Um All right. <laughs> big flex. Yeah. Absolutely huge flex. But this statute of incorporation also established um, a bunch of other similarly chartered patriotic organizations like the Girl Scouts, Civil Air Patrol, the American Legion, the Red Cross. Little League Baseball and the what? National Academy of Sciences. Look at me go. Neat. Kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. And they they sound familiar, so they're still standing, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Little League Baseball, I've heard like... Yeah. yeah. That rings a big bell. So many movies based off that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, Woodrow Wilson signs legislation creating the National Park Service. Oh, what? Wow. Yeah. Damn. And so created the agency through the National Park Service Organic Act. And essentially they mandated the agency to conserve the scenery and the, natu the natural and historic objects and wildlife therein and to provide for the enjoyment of the same in such manner and by such means as will leave them unimpaired for the enjoyment of future generations. Nice. Dude, say less. <laughs> don't, you just, don't you be saying all that. Look after these trees. That's essentially <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah. That's a good act. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of cool. Mm. I think mean, Woodrow Wilson sounds like a pretty... Yeah, he doesn't sound too bad. Stand-up fella. Pretty good fella, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, in October, Margaret Sanger opens the first US birth control clinic. Okay. Wow. Mm. Which led to her arrest for distributing information on contraception after an undercover policewoman bought a copy of her pamphlet. <gasps> she was arrested for that. Misinformation? Or no, I think they just, like... They didn't like it at all. They didn't like what she was doing. Okay. And so, yeah, there's lots of controversy about her trial and, like, the appeal that sort of happened all after that. Wow. But apparently she felt that for women to have a more equal footing in society and to lead healthier lives, they needed to be able to determine when to bear children. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Checks out. Uh, also wanted to prevent so-called back-alley abortions, 
we can imagine what that might be, um, which were really common at the time because abortions were illegal in the US at this time. Wow. So this is a huge move. Like mm. they're illegal and she's like, you know what? I'm going to open this thing up because it's what I believe in. Good on her. What was her name again? Margaret Sanger. 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 Yep. <laughs> what a great name. It's yeah. a pretty good name. Yeah. There's been other good names this year. Yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to make the... Uh, the cut. Make the cut. Mm. What was it though? <laughs> Actually, no. Probably not that one. I was thinking like the funny guy, Adi Dardor was born. But I'm not going to say the name again. <laughs> What's his last name? Nelson. A Lord Nelson. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not only like, it's not a, not a strong name. It's yeah, no, it's not like, I don't know if it's best name of the week. No. Funny no, name. No. But we'll, we'll settle on one for sure. Um, <laughs> couple, couple to wrap this thing up. In July... Sort of the start of the July, we had the Jersey Shore shark attacks. Bum, Whoa. Bum, bum. Now, Jaws. Funny you say that. Oh, is that what Jaws is based off? What? <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool. Yes. Apparently during this year, there's a deadly, there's a really bad heat wave going on and there's a polio epidemic, okay, which apparently means people go to the beach. Exactly right. And wow. so apparently there was one shark that attacked a bunch of swimmers. Four <laughs> people died. There was a, a young person who had to get their limb amputated essentially because of the attack. Um, but yeah, it became the inspiration for Peter Benchley to write Jaws, which then got turned into a movie. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a good actually, but... It's just a fun little fact. It's an interesting, interesting fact. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I, I'm, I think I might have saved a, a real cracker for last. <laughs> okay. September 6th. The first true self-service grocery store is founded in Memphis, Tennessee by Clarence Saunders. Now, the store was called Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> <laughs> Great name for a, for a uh, grocery store, I think. What the Humpy Dumpy. Yeah. It's a classic. It's Humpy exactly Dumpy. the same yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And so apparently at the time, grocery stores, you couldn't go in and like get your own things. You had to give a list to the person working there who would then go and get them for you. And so Piggly Wiggly has this innovation of allowing customers to make their own way through the store and pick up their own Piggly things. Wiggly. Dude, great name. <laughs> <laughs> what you, oh, I just got to pop down to Piggly Wiggly. It's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to say fast. But um, apparently there was a bunch of losses because people were shoplifting because it's way easier when you pick your own stuff. It's true. But a lot, of, a lot more impulse purchases apparently. And so, you know, it was kind of balanced out. There's currently 499 Piggly Wiggly locations. <laughs> Dude, and growing. <laughs> There's got to be more. Or decreasing, probably. Mm. And now this, this store was um, the originator of some other famous supermarket features such as checkout stands and like individual item prices and also shopping carts. Because in 1937... As we know, Sylvan, the man. the man Sylvan Goldman puts together the shopping cart and Piggly Wiggly is one of the first companies to provide them for customers. Piggly Wiggly and Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> yeah. What a great time to be a grocery store. Damn, Hoppy is like, there's some synergy coming along now. It's a community. We've been doing this for what? It's all crossing over. Episode 23, it's all, mm. the crossovers are starting now. Yeah. And just finally... According to the Piggly Wiggly website, <laughs> um, the guy, Clarence Saunders, was reluctant to explain the origin of the company's name. What's he got to hide? What has he <laughs> to hide? What do they have to hide? Apparently, um, 
there's a story out there that while riding a train, he looks out the window and saw several little pigs struggling to get under a fence, which prompted him to think of the rhyme. Piggly <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and apparently someone asked once why they'd chosen such a strange name, and he said, so people will ask that very question. Huge. Baller move. Yeah. Yep. No explanation needed. Yeah. Gets people talking. Piggly Wiggly. So anyway, that's it. That's 1916. That's a lot. In a long, a long <laughs> piggly wiggly nutshell. <laughs> in a pork chop. I hope any of like gravy. that was slightly interesting and made sense. Give us a little recap. Yeah, I'd <laughs> love a recap. <laughs> okay. Um, well, there was lots of first desk. Going to skip a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, there was the 222 to nil game. <laughs> Uh, there was lots of food. Processed cheese was, was getting invented. Um, lots of World War One stuff. Gallipoli, biggest naval battle, longest battle, some of the worst battles. Phew, not a good time. Um, the Easter Rising is going on in Ireland. Uh, Ernest Shackleton's jumping in that little boat and travelling about. Um, Woodrow Wilson is incorporating some cool things like the Boy Scouts and the National Park Service. There's the first US birth control clinic. Uh, there's some shark attacks which lead to Jaws. And Piggly Wiggly. This is giving me very similar vibes to last week. Just a few insignificant things, but then a war. Mm. But World War One is definitely more influential than the, the American Civil War. For us, at least. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking this could go either above or below 1937 with the Sylvan Goldman thing. I mean, not really. No, I reckon I, I like this year. I think it's a good year. Oh, that's a Hot surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pleasantly surprised with I that. I think it's a good year. But I'm not the only person that does this. <laughs> Kyle looks so unconvinced. I reckon this is like... Below, I think this is in between 2011 and 1862. Towards the bottom of the sea. <sighs> I don't want Alex to <laughs> yeah. have another tough week thinking about how how much we've done him dirty. True. Because it seems like he's got not much else to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely significant. Um, like a lot got put on hold, yeah, because of the war, yeah, and there were some you know big moments there. Um, this is tough. This yeah. is a hard one. I'm glad I'm not making this call. John T, do you have any opinions on this? <laughs> this is too tough. We need we need a third voice. <laughs> well, I definitely think. Like, and again, it goes back to that. Like, is is World War One? How does that? influence where it places because it's obviously incredibly influential but is it good yeah mm. yeah and it, that it, in terms of like what actually affects where it goes on the year tier yeah. i would sort of agree, i think i agree with you kyle sort of mid to low c tier i'd place it unless you kind of go world war one super influential does that boost it up but That's i guess kind of my thinking for it but this is the middle of World War One. Like, if it was yeah. the end of World War One, I'd be like, "Yeah, get it right up there." Like, then what about the, the start middle? of World War One? I agree. One? But if it, if it, if this year was the start of World War One, would then 
would it then go up more? Potentially. I think it's in between the most influential events at the beginning of the war and the yeah. super influential events yeah. at the end of the war. So I think... Like right in the middle. Yeah. yeah. I don't think the war necessarily has heaps of influence in pushing it up yeah. in this particular yeah. year. Yeah. That is that is good insight. Yeah. I, I think I agree. Because it's, yeah. yeah, the middle of the war. There's no signs of it stopping. It's... Yeah, I think 2011 should be a bit higher. So I think this could be 19th. But come the year review... Or do you mean um, under 2011? Yeah. So making it 20th. Yeah. Above 1862, below and 2011. And then making 1862, 22nd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who said that? No. <laughs> yeah, I think that could be appropriate. But yeah. if you guys want to lock that in, it's up to you. Happy to lock that in for the moment, but again, right. we do yeah. have a, a year to <coughs> review at some point. I think we might. We should um, run through how we determine year goodness. Yeah, yeah, we should. So, like, if there's a war, boom, that's it's a good thing to discuss at episode twenty-three <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, find yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, nineteenth. We've got this premise locked down. Oh, yeah. Uh, 20th on the year. We've got the idea it's so here. Clear. We, see that we need to refine the idea now. Cool. So 1916 is sandwiched in between 2011 and 1862. Bottom of the seats here. Yeah. I'm back in the dungeon. Woo-hoo. Almost the bottom of the seats. Sorry. It's it, the bottom of the section. 1862, still a seat. Nice. Yeah. Probably for not much longer. But. Okay. Well, thank you for putting up with... Some some serious chat this week. I um, liked it. Um, it yeah, bad. I'm glad it was. I'm glad. It, I hope it was Backed interesting. Um, should we think about what we're doing next week? We should. We should, and I'll uh, I'll randomise here. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Slow motion. I am doing 1932. All right. Mm, okay. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Should be hopefully interesting. So, yeah. If you uh, want to reach out to us or just see what's going on in the Top Year realm, follow us on Instagram at Top Year Pod. What's our email? Email us at Top Year Pod at a gmail a dot a, a, a coma. <laughs> Italian there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As, yeah. as you've heard at the start of this episode, we love hearing from you all. Send your, your voice memos. Mm. And if Please. you want to come on the show, let us know. Yeah. We also love receiving baked goods. Yes. The, we bar, do. the bar has we been do. raised so, yeah. by a fan. So, yeah. We, we need like a P.O. box that they can send <laughs> baked goods to. <laughs> like a hot box outside. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then we just put a little package in there. Mm. Yes. T- treats. We'll go down a treat. Yes. That's well said. Indeed. And on that note. <sighs> We're out of here. Let's go. All right. See you. Bye. Bye.